and see what we can what we can glean from that this afternoon. Psalms number twenty. Uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I um as I was doing some translation stuff for this song some time ago this morning I, I kind of mentioned that as we look at verse number five that this was more like a command that we in the presence of God uh, God protecting us God God um, all around surrounds us this presence of God is such a powerful concept uh, without, you know, without uh, making it too technical. Uh, we do have the indwelling spirit of the Lord, but we also is in the Lord dominion, his domain. We are this, his people, the citizens of his kingdom and that's one of the reasons why Jesus referred to the kingdom of God so often when you're saved by God you're washed in his blood you're born again you have this citizenship you have this 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 dominance of God's spirit in your life that set you apart from all the worries, problems, and trials, and tribulations, and pressures, and all the other things that are happening all around us. Uh, like a soldier on the battlefield with bombs and mortars and everything exploding all around but you are guided and protected by God because you're under his dominance you know his dominion so this morning we talk a little bit about this very strong theological concept that is has taken up um, new meaning a new more a new thoughts, you know, theological uh, connections today, um, you know, this Koram, Koram Deo, in the presence of God, very, very important, like I was saying this morning, churches, and Christian school and other places, uh, adopting that name, taking that name. Some churches have literally changed its name to to that, Koram Deo, which literally means in the presence of God, God presence among us. It's a very, very important concept because how can we exist in this very troublesome world? Uh, and you know, and the whole idea coming from the scripture and other theological avenues and thoughts is that because we are in the presence of God, we're in His dominion. So I wanted to share 
some other things about Psalms 20. And one of the first things that I'd like to, to, to mention here this morning, as I said before, we said that um, verse number 5 is really in the Joseph, you know. It's a, it's a, um, a mood of the verb um, that is a commandment, it's imperative. It's something that God is telling us to do and that's to rejoice in him and to raise his standard, his banner, uh, his flag uh, in victory. Because in all that's going on, we have the victory. The interesting thing about Psalms 20 is the many of the words and the metaphors that are used uh, are um, has to do with war, has to do with struggles, uh, has to do with battles. So when when constantly we constantly being besieged by bellicose spirits and and um, bellicose attitudes of others, particularly those who are not in Christ. <coughs> many years ago, I, I delve into the uh, linguistics of, of this psalm along. With many other psalms, I was doing something, some research on psalms, donkey years ago. Uh, one of my favorite uh, people for the psalms, I, when I teach psalms, sometimes I, I mention him. Um, Dawhud Mitchell, Mitchell Dawhud, uh, who was a Roman Catholic uh, priest, uh, biblical scholar, and he really specialized in the psalm. You look at the linguistic more from the Ugaritic uh, linguistic uh, perspective uh, rather than just Hebrew. Ugaritic, the Ugaritic is a Canaanite language and it's of course it's cognate and cousin to, to, to biblical Hebrew but but most of the psalm Particular or real old ones, uh, you get a much much deeper understanding if you read it in the Ugaritic. So uh, I have always loved that great work that he has done. And um, like I said this morning, churches we understand more of syntactical uh, Hebrew uh, grammar. We've learned so much more, and and, and uh, I looked at this psalm, and I looked at it also from a from a point of um, of studying, which I've used for many many years, and that's from this literary, literal, literary, not only literary, literary, and also literal, literal. How? Before you translate it, before you try to make it make sense in Hebrew and then translate it to English, 
and the raw translation and, and every translation from every language between languages are that way. You, you, when you, you can't translate word for word, thought for thoughts, context for context per se, because languages are different, cultures are different, backgrounds of whether language and words and everything, etymology comes out of is different. So you have literal translation where the translator just put it down as much as possible for to make some sense in, in this case, English in, in, in a raw way, you know, in a raw way. It, 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 it doesn't necessarily make it smooth, but it makes it uh, more loyal to the text. And then from there you can, you can go from there uh, and, and then try to make more sense of how we would say not only how we would say it several hundred years ago when the King James Version, for instance, was translated, but how we do make it sense today. Uh, and that's why there's so many versions, so many translations today, because everybody's always trying to see what they can do with the raw material. One of the most outstanding literal translations been around for a long time is the Young's Literal Translation. Some of you may have it. I know when uh, students have asked me in the past for uh, recommendations, this would be one of the books I would put on the list. I told them, you know, if you um, if if you want, you know, if you want to get into all that stuff, Young's Literal Translation would be a good thing to have in you in your uh, in your library since young literal translation there have been so other literal translation that's even more in depth uh, but a good place to start a young literal translation and like i said this morning the 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 refined translation that we have have a lot of the verses started with may, may this, may that, may, you know, so forth and so on. The literal translation, I'm going to read it to you, share it with you, uh, and um, uh, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's look at uh, a regular translation, uh, verse number one of Psalms 20. May... God answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of Jacob's God protect you. In the literal translation is in the day of adversity, the name of God of Jacob set you on high. Uh, I'm not <coughs> going to deal necessarily with the difference of the words per se. I just want to take out the me out of the beginning because uh, the best, of the, the most recent translations, uh, they do take it out. And I do take it out when I uh, do mine. Because it makes a great difference when we understand being in the presence of God. And this psalm has so much strong metaphors 
about we being is it in battle. It's it's a it's a battle song. So let's share some of what Young Literal Translation is saying. Verse one. I just read for you verse two. He send you help from the sanctuary and from Zion he support you. Now understand this this is the the, the background we think that when David wrote this song, because David had been through a lot of problems in his life, and, and we think that this is reflecting a lot of that. But more than that, we have parallels with David because we have all kinds of problems all the time. Humans do. And this psalm seemed to be a response from God of David's prayer or our prayer. And particularly when we go to church, when we go into the sanctuary, when we pray, this is the way God uh, answers. That's why the early translation have so much may this happen this way, may that happen the other way. God is answering the prayer of his people. And so, but he's answering it in the better understanding of the text that we have today. Not so may this, may that. He's saying, I have done this. This is being done. I have answered your prayer. I send help to you in response to your prayers in the sanctuary. I support you in your prayers at church, power hour, whenever. And verse number three, God remember all of you in this present time when you're making sacrifices of prayer and adoration and worship to him. Verse number four, he gives you blessing according the new translation desire of your heart and all they all your wishes is for being fulfilled, right? We would say, uh, he remembers your offering. He remembers your worship of him. And verse 4, he gives you the desire of your heart. And he makes every plan that you have to be fulfilled. Verse number five. So shout for joy over your victory, our victory in the name of God, and wave your banners as I paraphrase here. And God is fulfilling all your requests is answering your prayers. Know that God will help his people is anointed. He answers us from heaven with the victorious power that he has in his right hand. 
some made bulls and the, about the chariots, you know, the tank, the jet planes, the missiles, the nuclear bombs, others and horses. But we can boast in the name of God. There's no there's no weapon that is formed that can withstand the power of God. As I continue to paraphrase, they will collapse and fall, and we rise and stand firm victoriously. Hallelujah. <clears throat> So I wanted to share that with you today because read Psalms 20, read it with power, a sense of accomplishment that God has already done for us in his name. Uh, so the new translations have taken out the me out of it because it makes it seem so pleading, but in truth. Looking back, even from the literal translation, it's really God has already answered and given us the victory in our battles. So I just want to encourage everyone this afternoon, regardless what you've been through, what you've gone through, or whatever might become your way, 